What is up, everybody, friends and family? Oh, man, I'm worked up today for some reason. I started doing some research on a podcast that I thought was going to be really, really short. Ends up, I found so much great information. I synthesized a lot. Oh, I just had a lot of great thoughts, but that's enough about me. Anyway, having a great day over here at the Maven Mansion, all 351 square feet of it. It's a beautiful day. The birds are chirping. I've got windows all around and construction is happening everywhere on my run to work, on my ride back, construction, downtown, on every road. Anyone else relating to that right now? So I'm trying to unwind, but now I'm all excited because I've got a mic in front of my face. I got the countdown going on the recording. I'm recording straight into Anchor with a mic. Heck yeah. So today we're going to get to some productivity tips from past presidents. And shoot, think about it. We've only had a handful of past presidents in the whole scheme of things, in this whole global history thing. And this is an elite bunch. Only one of them makes it in every four years. The run up to the presidency can be a brutal sprint. Think about what these people have to do. Many of them go to law school. This is already after graduating top of their class in high school. All the clubs they got to be part of uh, running for various offices. Man, it is busy. These people have to try to figure out how to balance work and how to balance home and how to balance stress. That comes with the pressures of being one of the most public figures in the world. So today we're going to jump into productive past presidents. Say that three times real fast. Productive past presidents. This is the Maven Show. I am Rex Barrett. I want you to learn new things and enjoy your whole life. And hey, if you're listening to this on Anchor, hit that applause button if you like what you've heard. And if you like a segment, I'm asking you to hit that plus sign and echo this content so others can enjoy it too. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, tell a friend. Give a review on iTunes. It really does help this little production get noticed. And at that, let's get this dang thing on. First up, we have good old TJ's Canon of Conduct. And this is Thomas Jefferson. He had Canon of Conduct. It's a legit list that he followed and shared with his children, with his grandchildren. Shoot, anyone who'd care to listen. You can actually see handwritten examples of him sending these thoughts to people as letters online. So you can Google that. Of his dozen canons of conduct in life that he penned, uh, we'll take a look at the final one. Everyone knows you saved the best for last, and this one is dang important. But listen here, I moved the best to first because I am generous like that. Well, here's what TJ said. When angry, count 10 before you speak. If very angry, 100. I love simple quotes that have more depth than at first glance. This is a very simple statement. On face value, you can read it as saying, don't reply when you're angry because what you're going to say is going to be mean and or stupid. Yeah, that sounds like me. And it's a very true statement. I know that when I'm initially upset, even if it's a person sharing something in my best interest that would be helpful to me, I'm offended and I respond like a wounded animal. So I have a Rottweiler. She's a little girl. She's great. And there have been times when she's had a splinter in her paw. She's had a tick on her body. And here I am just trying to help her out. And she's getting angry. And what does she do? She lashes out. She replies aggressively and 
and angrily. She doesn't have that part in her brain that allows her to think things through and respond in a calm manner. So at the end of the day, we all have wounds that we respond out of. But that's the topic for another day. We'll dig into that dog analogy a little bit more later. But let's take a deeper look into this quote. And it says that if you count it out and you take that pause, not only do you not respond like a jerk, that's first phase, it actually allows that different part of your brain that I was talking about a second ago that animals just kind of don't have. It allows this other part of your brain to interject. It's the calm part of your brain that allows you to not just ignore the statement, but to actually answer it apart from the anger, to answer in a way that's helpful and not hurtful. So people, do like Jefferson recommends. Don't reply in emotion, reply after the pause. So there's a scripture that I read and it says, it's in James 1.19. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That is super helpful. Let's talk Eisenhower and his super smart friends. Now, Eisenhower said, I not only use all the brains I have, but all I can borrow. Dang, that is good. So if you're going to borrow some brain power, it better be from people who are smarter, who are better than you, who view the world in a different way compared to you. You know, I think it's easy to think if I could just have five of me, I'd be able to take over the world. But you know what? That's really not true. You are still limited by you. You are always going to bring you and your ideas and your thoughts to the table. Yes, you'll bring your multiplied strength, but you're also going to bring your multiplied blind spots, your multiplied weaknesses to the table too. Who you hang out with impacts your personal success. Jim Rohn says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That means that the people you hang out with affect how you act, affect how you think. Think about how many of the hobbies or political opinions or views of lives that you share with your closest circle of friends. And I'd posit that it's not just because we're drawn to like people, though that is true, but it's also because we influence one another. What should you do with this? Well, it might mean you need to surround yourself with more successful people than you're currently hanging out with. If you're surrounded by downers, I'm betting your view of life is starting to drop to theirs. Now, Eisenhower continued to say, always try to associate yourself with and learn as much as you can from those who know more than you do, who do better than you, who see more clearly than you. Take a minute and think through who you're surrounded by. Invite those smarter ones in just a bit closer. Let them have more input and say in your life. You're going to be better because of it. Create a list of people in your broader circle. Think, expand your five that you're hanging out with. Think about the 10 or the 15 people that are around you. Who would you like to be around more often? Invite them to coffee. Pay for it. Pick their brains. Let them have influence. Draw the smarter people into the influential places of your life because you are going to be better because of it. I'm going to cheat on this last one. Instead of giving you just one productivity tip from a president, I am going to combine multiple presidents and have a super president habit that multiple past presidents share. Now, there are very few things that we can do that both expend energy and cause us to have more of it. Now, you can't count sleep. Sleep is recharging our energy banks. 
Eating is filling those tanks back up. Creative outlets, though, are close. They can be productive and charge our tanks. But And for me, that's photography. That's artistic things like creating podcasts, whatever. But nothing produces more energy, though we are expending a ton of energy, quite like exercise. Now, personally, I've ramped up my steps, and I feel the energy and strength increased by the end of the day. I've been doing this now. I've got a habit going for 15 straight days. Heck yeah. Now, my mental sharpness is stronger. My ability to go to bed a touch later and not feel as tired the next morning is increased. I'm able to be happier, I find, when I'm around my family, when I'm around my friends, after I've had a long day, but I've still fit those steps in, the exercise in. And what is that habit? Multiple past presidents, obviously, it's exercise. It's working out. Lifehacker shares that a large number of presidents have made it a point to add exercise into their daily routine. Obama planned for an hour of exercise a day. Clinton was an avid jogger. Teddy Roosevelt loved tennis, jogging, and boxing. George W. Bush was an avid tennis player and a jogger, while Jimmy Carter was a cross-country runner. JFK, Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, all swimmers. Time and time again, we've seen that exercise is as important for physical health as it is for mental health. And in the stressful position of president, that seems to hold true. So what do we do? We get off our butts. We get moving. We burn that stress. We burn that strain out of our lives. Shoot, if Obama represents the average amount of time a president works, I did a little research on this. That means that the president is in the office for around 10 hours a day. Then they work from their residence for three more hours a day. And guess what? The nation doesn't stop running on the weekend, so they power through Saturday and they power through Sundays too. That is a heck of a lot longer than most of us probably work, some of us, by double. If Obama can find an hour in there somewhere, I'm betting that you can too. You're not running America. Sorry to say. So what did we learn today? Three productivity tips from past presidents. One, don't reply out of anger. Take that pause. Two, surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. You gain all of their good habits and we riff off one another and we can become more successful. Number three, get off your butt. Get moving. Get some energy in those tanks. So these are three tiny things, but I'm betting there's a whole heck of a lot to try to apply here. Now, I'm going to post a transcript of this podcast onto my website a little bit later on at maven.show. Yeah, I know. That's pretty cool. And I'm going to have links to even more productivity tips that we can learn from past presidents. Now, if this is your first Maven podcast, please look up past episodes. We covered how to make cold brew, how to avoid burnout, productivity apps, comic books, several to cover the best in fast food and the top ways to get your caffeine fix. Yeah, it's a little all over the board, but guess what? We're trying to learn new things, apply those things and enjoy life just a little bit more. And if you don't enjoy life more after a big old cup of cold brew, I don't know what's wrong with you. Do you have any thoughts, questions, comments about what we talked about today you know what super easy to reach out download the anchor app in the app store you'll be able to call in and we'll be able to talk about it i might just publish your thoughts you want to chat on twitter find me at rex b okc 
You can even head to the Facebook page, Maven Show, and it's uh, facebook.com forward slash Maven Show. And coming soon, I know I've been teasing this for a while. I'm close, guys. I'm practicing. I'm getting there. The Maven Show on YouTube. I'll let you know when that's up and running. If you want to subscribe early so that when content starts dropping, you can go to rex.click forward slash YouTube. rex.click forward slash YouTube. If you like what you're hearing, share, share, share. Listen, now I love being on the top of the charts. I want more people to be able to listen. I want more people applying good, good things to their life. I want more people on this bus. Seriously, if you're on Anchor, go through. Pick one of the segments that you heard today that resonates with you. Share it right now. If you're listening on your favorite podcast app, leave a review, rate this thing, get the word out. This community is growing and I really do want more people on the Maven bus beside us. It's more fun with more people. I'm Rex Barrett, and you can find me at maven.show or where all fine podcasts are distributed. See ya.